0: What's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Tuesday. It feels, it's not Wednesday, it feels a little bit like hump day, like kind of getting over it. I was traveling, I was out till, I didn't get home last night till 1.30 a.m. Yeah. Kind of just, when your sleep schedule is thrown off that bad, it throws you for a loop. It's tough. I am, you're going to have to carry me today. Nah, yeah, Um, I got four kids.
1: Um, <laughs> We had a lot of homework last night. So Ooh. You're on your own, sir. All
0: right, Bart, are you getting to that point? So your kids are almost the same uh, ages as mine. So fifth, sixth, seventh grade, right in there. Where the, the homework is getting much more challenging. Oh, really? Yeah. And I want to be that involved dad, but sometimes my daughter will be like, what? And I'm like, you do it. Doesn't your teacher explain how to do it? And she's like, no, she didn't explain it. I'm like, well, I don't know how to do this. Dude,
1: biggest pet peeve of mine. Like, and I, and any teachers that listen to this show, tell me if you're, if this is incorrect. Don't send a damn thing home with my son <laughs> that you haven't taught him. Right. That's what homework is for. It's to make sure that you know and can complete tasks that you've been taught in school. Don't send that junk home for me to teach. <laughs>
0: all right. Now, there is a slim chance, at least in my family. Hell, don't well, send that. Well, ch- no. There is a chance in my family that my daughter might have been talking to somebody else oh, while right, that okay, lesson right. was I being mean, taught. Fair enough. So fair maybe enough. that's fair the enough. case, too. But, yeah, <laughs> don't send it home unless you've taught right. them first. All right. Uh Big show we got to get to. I did not want to touch just a sliver. On the World Series, and not to get a breakdown on it, because yeah. we don't do a ton of baseball. But Justin Verlander takes the mound for the Astros as the Astros try to get the win. Uh win twoing, if they did, it'd be two out of the last three World Series. Verlander is a guy, and it happens in all sports. He has a jinx hex inability, lack of clutch gene to get it done in the World Series. Unbelievable in a lot of postseason games. Yeah, Unbelievable in yeah. you know a lot of the regular season, one of the most dominant pitchers. He's over the World Series as far as getting a, 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 a win. Yeah. He's over. Do you? What do you chalk that up to? Um, Is it a real thing? Do you think it's in his head? I think sometimes Clayton Kershaw's. Many, how many times has he
1: pitched? Well, Clayton Kershaw's different. Clayton Kershaw's had no success in the in the playoffs. I'm mean, relatively speaking, right? Right. This guy's had success in the playoffs, just hasn't really translated in World Series games. Right. Can't be that huge of a sample size for World Series appearances for him. So how many games?
0: Oh, for five. Yeah. That's starting to become a problem yeah. when you look at it. It's just. For me, I think sometimes it's bad luck. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think he's not clutch because I, like, I think he is. Right. You go out there in critical situations in other postseason games. Think sometimes it's the luck of the draw for like. From a fan perspective, I don't like that narrative when they say guys aren't clutch because they're competing at the highest level. Sure. Like I hope he gets there. I don't know. It's just kind of a side note in you that know, game. You know how you
1: thinking. make that all go away? You win. You go away. <laughs> Same That's thing true. with Kirk Cousins. That's, That's right. Like It
0: drives me nuts about Kirk yeah. Cousins. Can't win the big game? You got to go win the got big win. game if you want to get there. All right. Monday night. I was trying to delay a little bit to stay away from the Monday night football game because that was really <laughs> the only thing that was on last night. We will get some NBA later. But the Dolphins looked like they were going to get their first win of the season. It was 14 to nothing. And you're thinking, Oh my goodness, they're going to do this. They're going to ruin the tank job. Nope. nope. They find a way. Nope. They, isn't this nope. Crazy. How we talk about them. It's crazy, like, like they found a way. Are we supposed to celebrate them staying, staying winless? It yeah, feels like absolutely. It.
1: Cause that's what they, that's, I mean, that was clearly their objective, right? Like I was sitting there in the gym. We had a workout with the basketball team last night. One of my assistant coaches was like, dolphins are up seven, nothing. I'm like, what? Then he was like, they're up 14, nothing. I'm like, this can't happen. Like someone is going to step in and steer them towards a loss. Cause they can't ruin this. Right? Like right. you're all in now. You have to be <laughs> zero and seven after this game and lo and behold, we have the what, it, the, what is it? What kind of blitz was that?
0: So it was a zero blitz. It was third and 22 around the 45 yard line. And you were saying someone takes it in their control. It's probably the defensive coordinator at that point. I don't know if it comes from Brian Flores, the head Listen, coach. Listen, man. Third and 22, almost 99.9% of the time, a team is going to play prevent, keep everybody in front of you and tackle. <laughs> Instead, they bring the house. The whole house. They bring the whole house. The whole house. And then their defensive backs are kind of playing off. Listen. It's about as easy as a completion as you'll get, man. I would have
1: bet you every amount of money that I had ever earned, right? That in a tanking situation, there were two sets of, of of opinions. One had by the front office and the owners, we're going to tank. Yeah. But players and coaches would never go out there and tank. Like my livelihood as a player is on the line. My job. Like while they may be tanking and they may have stripped us of all the talent we can have, whatever talent we have, we're still going out there and trying to win games. I questioned it last night.
0: That maybe the coach. I, I questioned that the coaches and, and and were maybe involved in this situation. I know. Like I've never, I've never seen anything like that. I I haven't either. And I would love to see because in basketball it's different. I just think it's a different animal. Um, and I think tanking can be more effective in basketball because if you get that one player, it can make a difference. And I think it's easier to judge talent in basketball. You can see a guy who's clearly there, and I I don't know what the hit rate. I mean, there have been busts in right. the NBA clearly. But when you're at a 50-50 just on the quarterback alone, that to me isn't worth throwing away complete seasons the way they're trying to do. But I would love to see one day a documentary about what the conversations are like in that locker room on a daily basis. Like, are the players joking about it? Like, hey, yeah, they want us to suck. Yeah. Like, is that what the players Danny, are saying? like,
1: think about this week. I don't know how you, you would do that. Think about the week, though. Like, you got Kenyon Drake, right? Right. You're going up against the Steelers, right? You got Mason Rudolph coming off of a concussion. They don't look great. You're like, mm, we might be getting too close to this damn win. Right. Get rid of Kenyon Drake. All right, right. get rid of Kenyon Drake. Him off. And you're like, oh, damn, we're sitting here up 14-0? <laughs> Brian Flores, let me talk to you real quick, right. bro. Let's, like, let's, send, the, I mean? let's like, send
0: the house third and 22. That's just crazy. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what that di- that dynamic is like. Hopefully we'll get to see it. Some days these players will start talking, tell their story. Yeah. Because, I mean, even like Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, When they switched out from Josh Rosen, they said, we want to give us a better chance to win. But they really don't, and they had the two-point play in that game, and it was a bad design. It's like, is that another one they were trying to tank? I don't know what that dynamic would be like. What
1: is the corner? I think he's a corner. Um, He's the only, like, player. Is it Xavier Howard? Is he a corner or safety?
0: I think he is a corner. Corner.
1: Yeah. He's a good young player by most accounts, right? right? He's gone.
0: He's gone before long. He's got to be gone, right? Well, even I saw some people saying last night, because Fitzpatrick is playing pretty good, that they should shop him. Like if you're the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky's playing bad, why not bring in FitzPatrick and see if you can get some Fitz magic and and on a good team or you know I know the Bears aren't good, but that could maybe salvage their well, season. Well, why
1: not, I guess I'm saying. You're not even trying to hide it now. Like I said yesterday, you're just rubbing everyone's nose in it. Like you're essentially making a mockery out of this. The NFL's already co-signed on like they don't really have a problem with it. Like I don't know, was it 3 or 4 weeks ago, they had said like it doesn't seem to be, you know, out of the norm of 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 what we expect NFL franchises. Okay, fine. So if right. you can do that, why not get rid of anything that
0: could help you right, right. now? Right. And that's, that should be their mentality. But I just don't, I can't comprehend. I was on bad teams and it sucked. Like, I wonder if these players are like, eh, who cares? Like, why game plan? Why put it like, do guys just come in, check in at nine, like don't show up early? Like, yeah. do you study extra film? Well, do you, you here's like, the, here's, I don't know.
1: Here's the thing though, like, a Xavier Howard, like, maybe not. Like, the league knows who you are. Maybe right. you are checked out. Maybe. Maybe a Minka Fitzpatrick, their high first round draft pick is checked out. But all of these guys that litter the Dolphins roster that wouldn't ordinarily probably make a roster. Right. They have to be treating it like the best pros they can be. This is their, this might be their one shot at it. You know I was I mean?
0: never on a team. I was on some bad teams, never on a team that was tanking. Joey has some experience being part of an organization, one of the worst NBA teams of all a time. Were you, what was the discussion like? whether it was front office or players, around that season where there was just seven wins in the NBA?
2: Um, Look, there was no no joking. It was misery. I mean, and the thing is, is it's got to be different in the NFL, I'm sure, because there's 53 guys. But I can tell you, and just piggybacking a little bit off what Raja was saying, these guys, for the most part on that team, they came into the season, they pretty much knew what the deal was. And it's extremely frustrating for them because most of those guys that were on that team were playing for their lives. Uh, and they weren't good players yet. Most of them weren't even good players yet. They were trying to become legitimate pros in the NBA and have a chance to play. And when you get that that stench of of bad on you, I mean, it happened to me a little bit as a video guy in the NBA. I was the video guy for the worst team in the NBA. Who wants like who wants that guy coaching their team? You know what I right. mean? And so it was misery for it was misery for them. The coaches, you're you know that year was Paul Silas. He was a little older. Everyone knew he wasn't going to be around very long. But those assistant coaches, most of whom are not coaching in the NBA anymore, other than his son, who's still around, who's a great coach. But the other guys are gone. Like it's just a bad feeling and everyone knows it and it's just it's just misery.
0: Yeah. I that's where I was like, I don't know. And I saw Fitzpatrick walking out to the field. They had like the camera shot of him taking the field. And he was kind of he had a smile on his face. He's like, let's go. Like yeah. he said something. And I guess the game day, you kind of feel like you have a chance every week. I just, I just, it's such a different mindset. I can't understand. And I, I would love to hear what the, like what the players are thinking right. on a daily basis, not on game day, but on a daily basis, what they'd be thinking. Yesterday we talked about Joe Flacco. Yeah. He came out after their game, criticized the coaches, criticized the play calling, said, why are we being conservative? We're two and six. I don't get the mindset. I thought he was pretty. It was probably the most outspoken you've seen Joe Flacco. Yeah, He's always most reserved, you know, speak. kind of buttoned up, doesn't give you much opinions. He goes out there, all of a sudden, within 24 hours, we have a new starter for the Denver Bron- Broncos yeah. at quarterback because yeah. they haven't made the switch to Brandon Allen. Apparently, Joe Flacco has a neck injury. Uh, it's r- related to a herniated disc. He will be reevaluated during the bye week. He could potentially be placed on IR. Oh, yeah, Are you yeah, buying yeah. the disc issue? Or do you think this is the coach is saying, Oh, really? You want to criticize us? Take a seat on the bench.
1: No, I don't know how they would get away with that. Because I think you'd have Joe Flacco at a microphone this morning being like, no, 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 herniated disc. I'm fine. Like, I I mean, you could bench me, but I'm not gonna let you hide behind a herniated disc. I think it's Joe Flacco saying, Hey, look, man, this is where we're at. Right. This is where this team is right. at. Look at my bank account. I've got a Super Bowl ring. I've been playing a little hurt. Guess what? I've now got a herniated disc. I'm checking out. Right? That's the only way that works. Otherwise, I mean, I'll tell you what I would have done. If you try to demote me by telling me or telling the world that I had a fake injury, I'm going to be at a press conference two minutes later saying, I want to make this clear. I do not have an injury. (laughs) I want to play. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you get away with doing
0: that. Yeah. My initial thought was – the coaches, this was a response to them, but you yeah. bring up a really good point because Flacco would say if he's just outspoken, he was going to call out his coach. Yeah. He'd be even more outspoken. I do wonder if this is something he could have potentially played through. Oh, no and question. all of them were like, you know, what's the point? No question. <laughs> you know, like, like we're bad. Yeah. Let's give Brandon Allen a chance. I do think they would love to get a look at Drew Locke, who they drafted in the second round, the kid out of Missouri, who's right. a really good quarterback. And maybe one of the steals of the draft at one time he was projected to be a first rounder. He dropped into second. He's having thumb surgery uh, or he had thumb surgery. He's oh. supposed to be back soon. Right. I think that's that's probably what they were trying to do was keep Blacko until then. Because mm-hmm. if Brandon Allen goes out there and plays well, then it kind of puts you in a weird spot. We've seen that happen at a lot of teams with later round picks all of yeah. a sudden play well. I just don't think this team is very good, so it's not going to matter that much. Something to keep an eye out for sure for the Broncos moving forward. Uh, the Browns. I like the Browns when they made the trade for Odell slowly backed away to the point before the preseason. I said, you know what? If this doesn't go well, this is a team that's going to implode. I think you're starting to see some like concerning red flag types of comments come out of this locker room. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield was at the podium after the game. He was saying, Hey, we got it more discipline more. And I think that was shots fired at Freddie kitchens, right? Whether he knows it or not. I think that's the way it comes across now. Odell Beckham jr comes out with comments post game as well and says, "Quote, I just felt like we didn't challenge as much as we could have. I think we kind of shied away from it. I was expecting and looking forward to it, but that wasn't the case today. We had a couple plays, but for whatever reason we didn't do as much challenging as we talked about other than whatever came my way, pretty much I caught <laughs> whatever opportunities Fair. I had, I made the most out of them." I don't love this. I don't mind you calling out your coaches what it does feel like and i don't love this. I'll be sensitive to your case. He's more like, "Hey, it's not me." And i don't when your team is losing in a team game, i think it comes across really poorly if you say, "I did everything i was supposed to do. It wasn't my fault that we lost." Yeah,
1: i have a difference of opinion. <laughs> right, oddly serious. enough. Um i i do think him saying like, by the way, i caught everything thrown to me was a little bit. But generally speaking, Um, I think what you have here is um, a guy that's just frustrated with the situation. And, you know, it's kind of what I said about the Houston Rockets and that having to go well early for people to stay on the reservation. If you wanted Odell Beckham Jr. and the Jarvis Landrys and the Baker Mayfields of the world to not be, like, chirping at this point, it needed to get off to a good start, right? Like a guy that's used to getting balls thrown to him, you know, uh, I don't. 75% of the routes that he runs, um, and you're gonna only target him on 24% of the routes that he runs, which is what he's getting targeted now. Right. You better be winning for him to take that dip in in uh in in percentage of balls thrown to him, right? Right. Like there are 50 some odd receivers in the NFL right now who have been targeted more than Odell Beckham Jr. That's lunacy. So again, if you're gonna ask that dude to do that then you better be winning games. And if you're not winning games and the recipe that you've laid out for him and the team isn't translating into wins, guess what he's going to start talking about?
0: Right. Not getting the ball. Get me the ball. He has the almost identical targets, catches, stats that Jarvis Landry does on the other side of him. Yeah. He's a better – like you should be – Jarvis Landry should get his. Sure. But Odell Beckham should be emerging at this point in the season as the clear front runner for how many targets you're giving to him. I'll say this in defense possibly of Freddie Kitchens. the weather in that game was nasty, okay maybe some of the deep shot plays they had dialed up for Odell they shied away from and they didn't want to get as aggressive, but that's on Freddie Kitchens then to, do, to go back to the playbook and say all right well let's let's get him some short passes yeah like they don't have to be long passes. You have to have somebody holding accountable the coaching staff saying and keeping track of. How many touches Dude, Odell is getting. How many targets Odell imperative. is getting? And if you're not there after you know, the first quarter, all right, let's make sure. Let's let's make a concerted effort. Let's get Odell involved because yeah. he is that type of player. And
1: you signed up for that. Yeah. And you, you should know that. Like there's a track record. Okay. So when you sign up for something like that, you have to make the plan to deal with something like that. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do, bro. And to your point, Danny, look, I need you to check in with me every quarter and, and let me know what's up.
0: Yeah, like, and, you, and you, coaches have entire staff, offensive quality control coach sure. is lowest on the toe. Like he does the scout team cards and doesn't do a whole lot. Give him that job Absolutely. on game day, make him feel really important because he will, and he can get in there It's not a lot. You just have to get in his ear and say, Hey, got to get Odell. We're at eight touches. We need to get to 12 before halftime, like something along those lines. They have to do.
1: I, I would say that I, I actually liked the way that he kind of handled it because it wasn't like overtly like, get me the damn ball. Right. It was just kind of like we had a game plan. We shied away from it. I didn't understand that necessarily. And I really liked the way Freddie Kitchen handled it where he came out and said, look, we got, we got to win football games or more. You know what I mean? Like, so he's not going to really address it. So, but they need to get on the same page and they need to figure that out.
0: Yeah, they do. Uh, quickly too, or else it's going to implode. Yes. Like I was saying, uh, Odell wears some sweet cleats. Yeah. During the game, he had his cleats on, and he had special goat editions made with real goat hair with a little goat symbol on them. Yeah. And then you know what he did afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to pay homage to yeah. the greatest of all time and gift these to Tom Brady. If I'm Baker Mayfield... I don't know how I feel about that. What, why not? You're, what, you're, this is the what? this is quite possibly the funniest <laughs> picture I've ever yes. seen. Yes, we have a picture up on CBS Sports HQ of Odell handing the cleat to Tom Brady. Brady's face is like, "This is the greatest gift in the world." But right behind him, Baker Mayfield is looking on and he lo- it's like the meme of the guy uh, the, the girls and they're watching like there's two girls and the guy's holding hands with one and the other girl's like the like, jealous ex girlfriend yeah, like daggering him with that baker eyes. is the jealous ex girlfriend right here and i think deservedly so
1: Well, this is hilarious um <laughs> and, and and on a lot of levels like the fact that obj is paying homage to the goat by giving the goat his signature shoe Yes. is hilarious in and of itself. Can we agree to that? Yes, we like, can. You're
0: not like giving him – you you made him an OBJ shoe. Right. Like, do exactly. you know what I mean? Like, yes. Uh, you'll see the jersey swaps a lot of times. Right. But he's going – I think – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one, actually. I don't love it from the perspective of – you. like – it's competitive, but it's after the game. I don't know. That's I'm fine with that. Yeah, I guess I don't have a problem with nope. it either. I think it's hilarious that Baker looking hilarious. at him and Baker's like, "What the heck is going on right here?" But I think even Baker Mayfield would be willing to. Uh, um, to look on and say, you talking about Brady's a camera goat.
1: snapping at the oh, whole time. Oh, exactly. I don't, I don't remember. Position.
2: Wasn't the weather bad in that game? Like, wasn't it raining? Those, he didn't oh, wear those? He go-
1: didn't wear those in the game. Yeah, yeah but right. Even I think he's
2: just standing out there in the rain with goat hair shoes. Like, if I'm Brady, I'm like, those, <laughs> yes. these are gross. Like, I don't know what goat hair, how goat hair reacts to rain, but it looks like disgusting it smells. out there.
0: Yeah, or how it smells That's on them great. too. I don't know how that would be. Uh, pretty sure those will go up in Brady's museum with all his other trophies. Guess he's gonna get. Maybe it's a sign that the that, last You know year.
1: what like what's the equivalent of that? I mean that would be like um Well, NBA players would be teams. like no, but this would be like Kawhi Leonard, right? Who's a really really good player, young though.
0: Gifting LeBron gifting wow. LeBron a pair of Ka- Kawhis. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Like you're <laughs> like, oh, "Okay."
0: And, well, you know what's true? And you just made it. Like, cause I was gonna say it's New Balance. It'd be one thing if they were both Nike, but Tom's underarm. No, it is and like they're different. LeBron brands. would be like, oh, okay, bro. Right. Thanks. <laughs> be like, damn, these New <laughs> Balance are ugly. <laughs> you wouldn't like those at all. That's a we May want to feature those on our shoe showdown. We'll gift each other a pair of shoes. <clears throat> Welcome back to Kinell and Bell. So a lot of offseason movement in the NBA, including Kyrie Irving yep. moving to the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant isn't there. So Kyrie Irving is gonna to have to carry a lot of the workload, which he has been doing. They're off to a one and two start, not because of his poor play. He had fifty in the first game, missed a potential game winner. Yep. Second game he hit a game winner. And uh the third game they lost by one in a game which he still contributed a ton. Nonetheless, ESPN's Jackie McMullen came out with a piece talking about Kyrie Irving's mood swings and how they are, quote, an unspoken concern and make the Nets, quote, queasy. Mm. This is the quote from the article uh, where she references it. When Irving lapses into these funks, he often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates. Nets team sources say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China leaving everyone scratching their heads as to what precipitated it. There's hope that Durant will be able to coax his friend into a better frame of mind. You spent some time with Kyrie. Did you witness this? Uh, Let me talk
1: about Kyrie
0: in a second. Let
1: me first talk about the Nets. What in the hell are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing talking about the man and his moodiness four games into the season? You just got, like, don't do that. This is one of those things, like, again, you know what you got. I just talked about it with Odell Beckham Jr. Like, you know who Kyrie is. Don't start talking and leaking information like that so that it starts hitting the media and we wind up with a Boston situation again. Like, you just watch that play out. Um. So that's number one. Number two, yeah, Kyrie can be a little moody. So could I. I was a moody player. The difference between me and Kyrie, aside from Kyrie being like way, 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 way better than I was ever, uh, was that his last a little longer than mine did. Like, I was kind of day-to-day. Like, right. Kyrie can get into a little bit of a funk. Um and that's a real thing. But again, you knew that. Like if you're a team and you're taking on personalities, you have to account for them when you're going out uh, and you're putting your teams together. If you're not doing that and 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 trying to like project what this could look like and what are the potential like, you know, pitfalls if things go if you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job right. I, Sean Marks and company there are are fantastic. I played with Sean Marks. He came up under the you know Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford school there in, in in San Antonio, and I know he's brilliant at his job. He's navigated it great. Brooklyn is a is a viable thing. I talked to my buddy. He was opening night in, in in the Barclays. He said it is an absolute um event. Like everybody's on fire there. Kyrie is going to be Kyrie. It doesn't matter where you put him. You had to know that coming in. And yeah, he's moody, Danny. What else you want me to say about it?
0: Right. Um. It's interesting because when these articles come out, like this is obviously a well researched piece. Uh, By Jack and McMullen that came out just looks like last night, 1220. It was released uh, on ESPN.com, but she goes into a deep history, like a deep dive of Kyrie's relationships in the NBA. I wonder if she got these quotes like before the regular season started because I, but even still, why are you talking about about Kyrie? Sean Marston needs to, Hey, listen, everybody in my office,
1: right? Everybody in here, get in here, get in here right now, right? Listen, if I find out that any of you all are going to the media and leaking the way we feel privately about Kyrie, you're fired.
0: Right. We're not going to start is a cornerstone. this. is We're not going to do that. Right. And if anything, this has kind of derailed what has been a successful start. Dude. Because he has, remember, he has the game winner. He gives his dad the jersey. He's talking to the fans. He's obviously in a good mood place right now. Why would you risk alienating him and putting him in a bad one once he reads something like this? And you know, Danny, I'm with right. you 100%. And you, you watched, wasn't this,
1: but you watched a public kind of – um uh uh um falling out of love if you will last year with Boston. You remember? I'm yes. signing in Boston. Wanna be here. Yep. Then it starts to play its way out in the media. You know, Kyrie doesn't like the way it feels. He doesn't like the way people are approaching him in Boston. They get sideways before you know it, I'm out of Boston. Right. You know that he has no
0: problem saying, you know what? I don't like this. I'm out. And you know you know what's gonna happen. This happens with my daughters. Yeah. I have three of them. They get moody sometimes. Right. Do you know what makes it worse when I say what's wrong? <laughs> Now the New York media is going to go to Kyrie and they're going to say, if he's, if he's quiet, if he looks, yeah. what's wrong? Yeah, are you okay? That's and that's going to that? make him worse. Because again, annoying. I am moody right? and
1: I hate it when people are like, yo, bro, what's
0: up? I'm like, bro, just let me be exactly. You'll let snap out of be. it. Yeah, and that's high. what I'm, I'm starting to learn that with right. my daughters. Like, just let them be. My wife will be like, just let them alone. They'll snap out of it. But the more I like pester them, yeah. the worse it gets. Oh, and that's what I think you should worry about so if you're like that. So bad. That something like this would make that worse. Um, the Warriors. Who started off really bad, all of a sudden get their first win of the season. Uh, <laughs> there was no Drew Holiday
1: and there right? was no Derek Favors, so let's can we qualify it with that
0: first? We could qualify. They still got a win, though. absolutely, and that right. should matter. I think what was more interesting was that Steve Kerr came out and said he doesn't want to turn Steph Curry into James Harden. Have a listen to Steve Kerr after the game.
2: Part of you that wants Steph to maybe just shoot you know 16 3 17 3s in the spotlight. I just you know I
3: don't know that it's that simple yeah um, you know we
1: uh, we could turn him into James Harden and give him the ball every play um, that's really hard to do uh, and yeah. you have to build a team for that
3: too Houston has uh, has put you know five shooters on the floor for, for years now with harden to give him that space we don't have that That kind of personnel, so there's not the same spacing, and that kind of basketball wears you out too. Um, You know, especially for a guy who's 180 pounds like Steph is. So, I don't think the answer is just you know run a million high screens. Uh, We don't really have the personnel for that, and I don't think uh, I don't think it makes uh, a ton of sense from Steph's standpoint.
0: Interesting comments. Do you think? It's gonna bother Warriors fans that the Warriors kind of seem okay with where they are. You know what I'm like? They and they can do this because they're so secure, right? They've got yeah, the championship. Got a lot of equity now. So they're, they're like, it. you know what? We're not that good this year. I think that would rub I, some fan bases the wrong way. I'm okay with it. I get it. But as a former, like, he's a former player. You can yeah. tell, like, and players I think handle losing better than fans do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. So I think a Warriors fan, if you've been listening to like Steph and Draymond. They don't seem, like, good with the losing. Right. You know? So, I don't know that you'd be, like, turned off as a Warriors fan so far. Like, I I said yesterday, like, this team, just, it stinks for them that, like, they're always going to be targeted, like, the Warriors from two years ago or the Warriors from last year. And they're not that same team. So, they've got to try to figure this out without pieces on the fly, still getting everybody's A game. Like, it's just going to be tough. I I kind of, I, I do agree with Steve Kerr, like, there's personnel that's put around James Harden to do what James Harden does. They, they've been built differently. And James Harden physically is a different kind of, um, uh, body than Steph is. Yeah. So, you know, just asking Steph to purely do what James Harden does and play like that isn't, isn't fair to Steph, you know, or the team. I do think that Steph has to be, you know, more involved, maybe get more shots up. Um, I said that Draymond has to take that next step last night. He was fantastic. He doesn't have to score 28 points a game, but unfortunately for him, he's got to live almost in the triple double space for them to have chances to win games. You know, because mm-hmm. there's not enough around them. Um, and then you know, D'Angelo Russell has to be a consistent number two scoring option for that Golden State Warriors team. Um, but turning him into James Harden isn't the recipe for success there
0: for sure.
2: Joey, what you got on Steph? Yeah, I think it also it just kind of sounded to me like um, you know, to that same point with with Kerr is just like a coach that sort of knows that this season that they're not going to be super successful. Steph Curry's 31 years old. And that they still have a window to potentially be successful in the future when they get Clay back. And when Looney loses a little bit of that weight that you could see he put on from the injury, and when they get maybe another piece in there. And I think he doesn't want to come out because the fans are so used to them winning and say, look, guys, we're just not going to win this year, and we're going to rest Steph. Like, in Miami, they put Goran Dragic on the bench – and Spolster came out and said, hey, we're trying to extend his career. And if he plays all these minutes, his career is going to end sooner. But we need him. I don't right. think Kerr can come out and say that about Steph because they're he's still Steph, expecting Steph Steph to Steph be Steph. Because he's Steph Curry right. and
1: you're comparing him to Goran Dragic. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
2: I love I'm Goran. No, but I understand the sentiment. Him. No, no, no. Yeah, you know I, I,
1: I understand exactly what you're saying. Like, they're, in a perfect world, like – if there were no, like, uh, marketing implications or season ticket implications or Adam Silver calling you, asking you, what the hell are you doing implications? Right. You'd Probably sit Steph Curry. Right. Like, because you're on pause right now as a championship window team. You know, like, yeah, we're all competitors. We're going to go out there and win games. And I applaud those dudes coming out and saying, hey, we're not good right now. We got to figure this out. But the reality of it is you're not winning anything this year. That's on pause. Right. So why not pause, like, their careers for a little second and <laughs> save the legs? You know what right. I mean? But
0: And I bet they do that as the season unfolds. I have a hunch that they will. I think Steve Kerr, I think you'll see a minute still drop off. Maybe not entire nights off, but I think you'll see some of the minutes start to diminish through the season as they'll start looking at the bigger picture. I think Steve Kerr is that type of coach. I think he is a player-friendly coach being one. I think they will take some of that work. Well, I mean, they just, I don't think they will be as obvious. There's a lot at
1: stake though. I mean, those guys are still playing. You talk about like contractually and maybe even like incentive wise. I don't know that. I mean, you're talking about people still want to be first team all NBA if they can. Like those guys are, you know, they're, you're talking about those apex predators sometimes they're bragging rights on the line so like i don't know that steph curry signing off on 20 games down the stretch you saying hey man right you're gonna play 15 a night now we're right. gonna just you know what i mean yeah what the hell are you talking about yeah right i don't know
0: a lot of implications for sure uh, we will keep you up to date on that welcome back to cannell and bell it is uh we don't get to talk a lot of ufc yeah but as i said we got one of the best one of the goats hall of famer rashad evans What's in up? studio we're gonna talk some ufc what's
3: going on not much man just uh enjoying the day
0: so there is big news uh in, in ufc in the ufc with conor mcgregor announcing that he wants to fight again but that's not as big as you having a comeback what so you are what? 40 years old yeah. when was the
3: last time you fought it was uh about about a year and a half ago
0: okay and you were going to hang it up and then now you're deciding to come back or how does that decision process work out? Well, I did
3: hang it up and, uh, you know, retired, had a hall of fame thing for the UFC. And then, um, you know, I changed my diet, you know, my last year and, you know, it just completely changed my body. Like, You know, I really retired because I couldn't perform the way I wanted to. I felt as if, like, my knee was an issue. I had two ACL surgeries on my knee, and it just never felt the same again. I didn't have the confidence in my knee anymore, and it kind of affected me mentally, so I didn't perform the way I could have. But ever since I changed my diet, my knee started feeling better. The inflammation went down, and I'm able to train the way I used to. And then, you know, along with that, my mindset about fighting changed as well, too. So I'm just like i mean i'm look kind of good let me you know <laughs> let me at least get one more <laughs>
0: all right but now you're talking our language because b- both raja and i are fighting the dad bod yeah so i want to know some yeah, of the secrets to this of this struggle. diet like did you yeah. go paleo oh. do you what what's the secret to your diet like so, what was the change
3: so i'm a fruitarian i'm a fruitarian uh plant-based diet but mostly fruit you know and uh it's completely changed my, my body you know I um when i when i first started i was like i don't know if i'll be able to stick to it but then once i got over that hump once i got out of that detox feeling and, and that feeling of feeling weakness then uh i started feeling really really strong and then i was then i noticed that like, when i went to the gym and trained yeah. i was training with guys who would be in a gym training every single day and i would be able to push it as hard as they can if not harder and i'm just like man this is something this is very weird because i never ever had this happen before but you know, and and I kept getting stronger and stronger, and I'm just like, man, I, I gotta see, you know, I gotta keep on, uh, keep on with this diet, and you know, my body's just completely turned around. Like I don't, I don't have to lift weights or nothing like that, and I just, I stay, I stay ripped. Uh okay, okay. We, I know, I,
1: <laughs> I know right? right? We're supposed to go on, and I know <laughs> we gotta talk about Connor, but damn it, we're gonna stay here for one second because I was been a vegetarian for a long time. Um, I've never tried a what, fruititarian?
3: Yeah, fruit. So, so. so
1: yeah, no, what it, can you just walk me through like what's a diet cuz you train a lot, you're talking protein and, and yeah. things that the body's going to need right to rebuild that muscle. How what's a day in a, like of a diet look like?
3: So, it's so I do a lot of smoothies. I do a lot of like a bunch of uh fruits mm-hmm. and I do but they all have to be complementing fruits, you know. I don't I don't put too many uh contradictory fruits together cuz will mess up your stomach, but I put like fruits together and I put them in a blender and I do most of that. But when I'm not doing that, I just have Something always a snack on, and then I'll even eat some vegetables and stuff too. The problem when people go plant based diet is that they go too much vegetables. And the truth of the matter is that even though we can eat vegetables, that's not the human preferred food because we don't have enough enzymes to break down all that fibrous food that's in the the, uh, the greens and right, the vegetables. Right. And it doesn't give you that full feeling because it's not the carbohydrates that you and the sugars that you need from the fruit. From the fruit. So when you have the sugars from the fruit, you get that full feeling, and then you feel satisfied.
0: I love it, man. Yeah, my, my, this will be my wife's favorite episode. I'm fascinated <laughs> hey, by it, I can do a whole hour on it. The, the uh, bu-
3: a book to get is uh, one by Dr. Uh, Arnold Arnold uh, Eric and his mucusless diet.
0: Really? Yeah. All right, cool. we got to get it better term terms than So nasty-sounding. Yeah. <laughs> my wife will always tell mucus-less me about diet. gut notes. i going to get something that sounds better so it's more attractive <laughs> to talk about. But we'll have to do another special episode on that one. All right, so Conor McGregor has announced uh, his comeback fight. It's going to be January 18th. Uh, in Las Vegas. This is massive for the sport. How just how big is it that he's going to come back and return? Probably
3: one of the biggest stars we've seen in the sport. Well, see, here's the thing about it. It's kind of massive and it's kind of not and here's why is because Connor kind of put a stain on his name since he's been away from the sport with his troubles and his brush with the laws and just, you know, the accusations, the sexual assault accusations and things like that has been coming up and and um, you know, he did a press tour in in, in Russia. And a lot of those questions started to come up and, and started and it kind of frustrated him a little bit. So he's not he's not the media darling that he used to be. So uh I don't see him getting that push from the UFC as he was getting before. And even Dana White went ahead and said that Connor is no longer the man, Habib is the man. Mm-hmm. And and when the bro, the boss says that, it it you know, even though he's just Dana White, he has a lot of lot of pull. And when he says, you know, he's no longer the man, people started like, Yeah, you know what? He is no longer the man, you know, and then he started to change it up a little bit.
1: That's interesting. Um, so when you are the man, like you pretty much have your pick. But like if he's starting, you know, to try to build that brand again and get back, uh, where do you think he should start? Like what type, of, what type of fights? Who do you think he he gets, you know, first out of the bat?
3: I think he should get a fight that he should. He, he, it's it's a, it's a winnable fight for him, but it's going to be somebody who's uh, you know, a fan favorite, somebody who's going to you know, be able to bring it on the trash talking side and be able to let Connor do his thing. I think that the biggest mistake that Connor made is just being away from the sport too long. You know, Connor, when he's busy, you know, he's not getting in that kind of trouble and everything like that. And, and, and you know, he, he's 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 someone to watch. He's just he just brings it, you know. So um, I think somebody like Cowboy or maybe Frankie Edgar or somebody, you know, somebody who he has a better chance of, of doing well with. I think he's been in the deep end with a lot of guys who. Are are on fire and has not been looking good for him. When and when you, your your shtick is being that man and you keep getting beat by these guys, you're no longer that man.
0: Do you think we ever get the Nate Diaz three or a rematch with Habib? Like that's what I think fight yeah. fans want to see. Do you think we'll get that eventually?
3: I, I see, I see the Diaz, I see the Diaz for sure, but I think that the um the Habib fight is, is a no go just because of where where Connor went with it. You know, he got. You know, personal really, yeah really personal disrespect. really disrespectful yeah. and the way habib is you know he's he's a friend of mine and um you know there's nothing more important to him than than his pride and his culture and his family and he don't care about money or nothing like that so
0: did you think connor crossed the line going there because i mean i you know i i was fortunate enough to interview connor a couple times at my previous job and knowing the way he would build up fights he would take shots at everybody but to most of them, and I know the beef after was kind of a mess and was a melee afterwards, but to most of them, he was very complimentary after the fight. and It seemed like a part of the game, part of the promotion, part of the hype. Do you think that's what Connor was doing with that one, or do you think that one truly got personal where it was offensive?
3: Yeah, it, 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 he, went, he went too far, and yeah. here's why. It's like I've been in a situation like that where I've had beef with guys with Rampage and John Jones, and I always knew to take it to a point. Even when I knew what John Jones is really about outside of scenes, I only took it to a point and said, you're going to be found out one day. And, and that, and that's all I took it. I I didn't, I didn't put him on blast and say what I've seen him do and everything like that. And, you know, same thing with Rampage. I didn't go that extra mile because when you do that, you cross a line that, that is just, is not good. And it kind of comes back on you karmatically wrong, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, um, um. There, it, it's every sport though, right? Like that's not your job, to right, be right? Crossing that right. line with yeah. people, right? Um, let me ask you about the Nate Diaz Jorge Masvidal fight this weekend. It's uh for the BMF title at yeah. UCF. What two forty four? Two forty four. Uh, Masvidal is a Miami guy. Two big personalities. Like, how do you how do you think this one plays out?
3: Uh, you know, I think that um, I think it's gonna be a great fight, but I think that Diaz is gonna be able to get the fight because you know the way his fighting style is, he absorbs a lot of punishment in the beginning of the fight. But what he does, he takes your best. And then by you giving your best, you get tired, and then that's when he kicks in to that second and third gear. And it's a gear that a lot of people don't have because he's an endurance athlete. He does triathlons and everything like that. So his best gear is in the second and third half of that fight, and I don't think Masvidal has that level.
0: So walk me through what happened with Nate Diaz as far as the drug testing, because when I saw that he wasn't cleared, I was like, "Well, he's probably smoking." Because remember the last yeah. fight? He's out there with his joint. He's out there promoting marijuana and he's talking about that. So I was under that maybe he tested positive for marijuana. It wasn't that, though. Then he says he doesn't want to fight. Then he's cleared. Can you just walk me through kind of what happened of the last week with Nate Diaz?
3: Yeah. So so Diaz is a pretty much clean athlete, and everybody everybody knows that, you know, as far as you know, uh, you know how he eats and everything like that. So, um, but what happened when he got when he got tested? and failed that test, he was so upset because here's the thing about it. When you start to test you, they don't only test you just that one time. They test you the whole entire camp. So he passed every single test except for one of them. He's like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? So then he thought it was some kind of, you know, somebody's messing around, you know, with it. But it turned out to be that there was something uh, in one of his vegan supplements that was tainted and they ended up sorting it out. The good thing about it is, is that they sorted it out. The bad thing about it is, is that they sorted it out a little too quickly and everyone else who's been, you know, sat on a back burner by USADA, they got a little upset about it. And I can see why, because if you're going to have something, you got to make it be fair across the whole entire board. But, you know. A lot of money's online. online.
1: Oh, you're saying like the the testing, uh, the, the agency that tested him, they got to his sample quicker than they do other people's to try well, to sort it out.
3: They resolved the case. Yeah. They resolved the whole. It usually
1: bit. lingers a little bit.
3: Years. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> years, and they yeah. sped it up in the course of a week. Wow. stuck so no yeah. There.
0: Uh, what do you think about the title that they kind of made up just for this fight this weekend? The BMF, the Baddest Mother Bleeper Around. Do you like it, or do you think it's a little corny? Like, where, where do you stand on that?
3: I like it, in yeah. here, and here's why. I, I like it because you know, um. You know, it's 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 good to have the title fight and everything like that, but there has to be something else to to get you excited for. You know, and and I I think that it does it does that. It does it does add a little something more interesting to to it than anything. I don't I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing thing with many other people competing for the same title. Uh, I don't I don't know how I'll feel if that was continued to be a thing. If that was continued to be a thing, then I'll be like, ah, it's kind of. A little gimmicky, yeah. Little gimmicky.
0: Who would you give the title of BMF to, over all the guys you've faced
3: over the years, oh, or is man. it you? Are oh, you the man. BMF? Oh man, if, if I'm being you're honest, too nice with us to be yeah, the yeah, BMF. If, if, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, I'll say uh, the baddest man I faced in the Octagon was John Jones. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let me. Uh, we asked you who Connor should fight, and all of that, and you gave us who. Who you making a comeback? Like, who you want? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know because it all depends on where I go. You know, okay. I may not I may go I may not go back to the UFC. Okay. I may go to like Bellator or one FC or another organization shot it.
0: Welcome back to Canel and Bell, Danny Canell Raja Bell, joined by Rashad Evans, UFC Hall of Famer. You're pretty athletic. I want to see if you can do this move. <laughs> like you, now, that was the Captain Obvious. Athletic, but I want to see just how athletic because Zay Jones mm. watch some of these clips. Of this from the NFL, and tell me if you think this is some sort of magic, or is this? He caught a football, but oh, see how he gets oh up. She's like, he like revine, huh? Where does the balance oh. come from? Where does the like? You wow. need some sort of opposing force there right. to get up. Oh. As the Raiders wide receiver just <laughs> like he just it's caught, like caught he a ball, strings. It's like somebody oh pulls him out. All right, so they found this one from the past weekend. It's not the only one. This one may not be. How about this one? When he's on the Bills.
1: Whoa! Wow. <laughs> so.
0: And that's not like in rewind.
3: It looks like rewind, doesn't it? Easy.
1: He's got to have strong toes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I've
1: never like like have strong what toe.
3: muscle is that? How do you even? Strengthen I don't even is?
0: know. I don't. This crazy. is like the old Michael Jackson trick, like when he was doing the video. Like he mood was walking. Walking. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, when he would lean all the way forward. That is crazy, Zay Jones. They're saying maybe he's a wizard. Yeah. I mean, there was some magic, might be underutilizing so talent.
1: Joey said he watched that for twenty minutes, and I was like, I couldn't really relate. I'm watching that; I could, I could sit there and watch that for for the rest of the day, trying to figure out how he did that.
0: Like, yeah, I, I could either. I, I don't know. I would want to see him do it in in person. Yes, yeah, sure.
3: To believe
0: it, because still, like, like, still, I, you still think there's, I, I still sh- think there's some photoshops.
3: He must be like really, really explosive and pushing up from the position. Yeah. Get a little momentum, show. quick, yeah, and something, then you
0: kind of carry it through. Um. We all have children. We have, you have really good names. I don't know your children's names, but I think all of us missed the boat and what we could have named Damn, our kids. Clearly. There is a high school, uh, football player who uh-huh. has committed to LSU and he has one of the best names I think I've ever heard. It's debatable. His name is DeColdest. Oh man. DeColdest oh, man. Crawford. <laughs> there was a rumor that was going around that his middle name was To Ever Do It. So it would have been DeColdest To Ever Do It. That was a farce. His middle name is Juan. But the coldest is pretty good. Like, for a football player, you better be able to bring it, though. You better be
3: a good player. He's going to LSU, so he's, I mean, pretty good. I mean, just imagine the pressure he had his whole life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He better be the coldest. He better have went to LSU. Exactly. You couldn't be the coldest and not be successful. And not be the coldest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Who's that boy? That boy, the coldest. I know. Exactly.
0: (laughs) He just has that all the time. So I told my wife already. I already texted her this morning. I don't think we're having a fourth child. I would love to, but my wife is the one who has all to say in this one. (laughs) I have three girls. I would love to have that fourth be a boy. I already told her we're going to go with the baddest. The baddest. The baddest. (laughs) The baddest. baddest. baddest That would be it. I don't know. That one might stick out at school a little bit in that situation. Um, we were talking about, we saw the Bills highlight there when, uh, Zay Jones used to play for them. You're a Bills fan. Are you, are you like all in part of the Bills mafia? Oh yeah.
1: You're I cried, cried,
3: cried? I mean, I cried at every Super Bowl and everything. Oh wow. really? Yeah. Wow. So it
1: runs deep. deep, deep. Danny's been killing them, bro. He said they didn't <laughs> played nobody yet. I'm just saying. I don't. I, I mean,
3: don't don't give don't discuss don't amongst me yourselves. Listen, listen, listen. I mean, we we hanging in there, right? We got we got the toughest team in the AFC. We're we're, we're hanging in. There. Ooh, the toughest team in the AFC. we're behind the toughest. Team.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I got you there. I got you there. Uh, no doubt about it. They're definitely legit. Did you play football growing up? I did. Yeah. You did what 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 made you go into UFC into fighting in the fight fighting?
3: After we lost our last game in uh, the sectionals, I was like, man, I, I wanted. I, I I got the M V P that game, but it just wasn't enough. And I was like, Man, I can't I can't be on a team sport anymore. I want it to be if it's on me, then it's on me.
1: I have a little guy, my youngest, that's really like talks about boxing. He talks about doing different kind of like, you know, MMA stuff. He's a fan. His his uh my brother-in-law is a huge MMA fan. Oh, yeah, you gotta bring him up. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, where should he start? Like what should he like what type of discipline should a, a young kid start? Is it, grappling.
3: Yeah. Yeah, grappling is it's the most fundamental and it's the safest. You know, you're not taking those big shots, but at the same time, you know, everything leads to the ground and it's, and it's the most confident builder of all time because if you know how to wrestle, You can, you, that's the foundation of any sport. That's
0: why I want to get my daughters into some sort of discipline. Um, physically, I think it's great, but also the confidence factor, what it brings, discipline, but the confidence to say, Hey, I can carry myself. And there's there, I can't only imagine like what it's like to be going one-on-one with somebody in that situation. Like I I think it's the craziest, baddest, like I have the most respect for you guys for doing that. Cause it's one thing to be in a football team. Like, you know, you get out there and you get hit. But to know it's either me or you, and one of us is, is not walking out of this yeah, ring that, potentially—that's like in that mindset. How, did, like, do you shift? Because you're like, I love talking to you because we're having a great conversation. Do you shift mindsets? Twenty-four hours before the fight? Is it a week before the fight? Is it an hour before the fight? What do you do as you prep for a fight?
3: It, it's different phases. I, I switch. You know, when, when it's you know uh, week eight, I have one phase of mindset. You know, and then as the weeks progress and get closer to the fight, my mindset totally you know shifts and it gets. You know more withdrawn and more into myself, and then I started to get more of the mindset and more of that. You know that that um that mindset I need to be inside the cage because uh, it, I I can't step into the cage and fight because the way I am right now I'm not a fighter. But when I go through that evolution through training camp and everything like that, I start to to harness that mindset. And then on fight night is the most nervous. You know you get the most nervous because that's when you know you what's going to happen tomorrow. There's no there's no going back. It's going down. So you, that's where your mind has to be really tough. And I've seen a lot of fighters lose the fight, you know, the night before the fight or in the locker room just because mentally they couldn't get themselves ready.
1: Do you talk about you evolve like you can't fight as you today, right? So yeah. like as you go through camp, right. do you do you like what happens with the family and stuff? Do you have yeah. to like kind of disassociate because you become a different person to some degree, right?
3: Um, yeah. I I I mean, I, I kind of get, I kind of get a. Uh, a little, a little bit. I mean, I, I always, always have love and, and for stuff sure. like that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of get a little bit more withdrawn just because of the fact that, you know, they, they can't go with me and, and I, and I just kind of, I gotta, I gotta keep myself hard, you know.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's what's up, man. That's interesting. I'm glad we got the friendly Rashad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: mess
0: with the BMF for sure. Thanks for joining us, man. We'll have to do this yeah, again. No no problem. Problem. It's fun. we we'll be Thanks back for tomorrow here from Canal and Bell. That's what's, That's, what's That's what's up. Appreciate it, man.